the hard shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. You're very welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cudahy with you until 7 o'clock this evening. Coming to you live from Hugo's Restaurant on Merrion Row in Dublin. And the reason we are here is for the launch of Ireland Gateway to Europe. This transatlantic trade mission, it is taking place in person in April in the United States. And it is the largest private trade mission from this country to the United States in the history of the state. So this is no small matter and it is to encourage more trade between ourselves and our cousins across the pond. Uh, Larry Bass, the CEO of Shinawil, is with me. And Larry, you are here as part of this uh, trade mission. I mean, w- w- what value is there in something like this for a, a production company like Shinawil? I hope there's going to be huge value. I think there's we're, we're sitting on the the precipice of Europe opening up to content um, and the US dominating the content supply chain. So networks like HBO Max, Peacock, Amazon, Netflix, Disney, um, they all have to have 30% European content. And thanks to Boris and Brexit, we are now the only English-language country in Europe. So it's been the best shot in the arm for the Irish film and television industry that we could possibly have. Well, and that's interesting. There should be an avalanche of investment of uh, content owners uh, needing to get European content. They want most of it to be English language. Um, we've got some of the best creatives in, in the world in Ireland. We've been exporting literature since before we had a country. Um, and we're actually getting very good at doing TV as well. So we're a 22-year-old company looking to grow. We're, we're developing TV dramas. We're in feature films. We've got international um, documentaries. Uh, and we're focusing our, I suppose, our development on products that will work right around the world, not just on local broadcast. That's interesting because I think a lot of people at home, they imagine maybe a production company here just selling or just trying to get on screen with RTE, Virgin, TG Cahar, and maybe the odd kind of joint project with something in the UK, a, 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 a TV station or a broadcaster in the UK. What you're saying is suddenly we've got this huge US market open yeah. to us that needs English language content for a European audience and where else are they going to get it? Yeah, and, you know, it's not going to arrive here by accident. We hired our first staff member in Los Angeles a couple of months ago. Um, probably the crazy thing to do in the middle of a pandemic when you've had to look at uh, cutting costs, but how are you going to get business back again? So we needed to reach out and find uh, new customers, um, and very quickly, um, within a month of hiring that guy, we're in conversations with two U.S. networks about producing shows from Ireland for U.S. network television. Um, so there's definitely opportunity. Um, I think there is you know, a rich history of Irish people working well in the U.S. There's a trust has been built up over generations between U.S. businesses and doing business here. Um, we're just looking to do more uh, film and television business here. And there's a lot of plans for a lot of studios to be built in Ireland, and they have to be filled. And whilst you may have lots of new studios come on stream, you will need production entities to service that work. And can you or do you imagine then, if we were having this conversation in, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 years' time, that Shinawil, that most of your custom would be 
U.S. big product, U.S. broadcasters rather than uh, indigenous broadcasters here? I think that's inevitable. Um, okay. I think the way the viewers are, uh, you know, they are choosing what they watch. Um, they are paying for what they watch, um, and they will they will want to watch a mix of content. They want to watch the best content, um, and if some of that happens to be of Irish origin, I think it'll stand a, a better chance of being seen, certainly in, in Ireland. Um, so whilst we will be making content for new customers, I think we'll still, a, a lot of what we make will be seen um, by Irish uh, audiences. Um, the year before last, we did our first TV drama for a US network called A&E Networks. It was a period drama. The whole period drama was set in Victorian London Every single frame was shot here in Ireland. And, uh, you know, there's lots of other opportunities like that. Yeah, I love a period drama, Larry. The listeners to this show will know that. You had me at it. I mean, when people think of Shinna Will, they, they, they think, uh, probably at the moment, of, of some of the great successes. They think of Dragon's Den and MasterChef and The Apprentice here and Popstars, You're a Star, everything else, Dancing with the Stars. Everything went on ice about 14 yeah. months ago. And it was a fairly sharp going on ice. In fact, on the lunchtime of our semi-final we had to take the decision to turn the semi-final into a final and rewrite the script and that's how sharp it changed and the following Tuesday Leo came outside the Irish Embassy in Washington to announce the, the first lockdown and I suppose the whole country froze our industry froze um, television is an essential service people still need to be entertained probably even more so during lockdown so we did uh, creep back into production and start getting things going and country started opening up again um, but it's it was a, a strange year but in fact one thing that COVID has done it gave us a gift of time something we haven't had in a busy production for a busy production company for many many years we actually doubled down um, whilst we lost some staff we actually hired development staff um, and we were able to develop with the backing of Enterprise Ireland because we're now focused on exporting and growing out of Ireland um, we've actually been able to develop new formats. So we're known for all of those shows you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, this year, with the thanks of uh, support of Enterprise Ireland and RTE, we're about to produce a new talent show. It'll be on air later on this autumn. Um, it's in pre-production at the moment. Um, we are casting for our singers. It's a new singing talent show. Um, and hopefully that will be you know, a show that will work here and then we'll look to export it right around the world. We have a new Dragon's Den show. We have a new business show that we've developed. Um, and that will be a show which we hope will take uh, global Any of the well. old dragons coming back? Oh, we don't know. They're all busy um, running for uh, president. Uh, uh, you know, that's, there's only a presidential election every <laughs> seven years, so there's something to do in between. And we always freshen faces on shows. But, you know, we've been blessed with the people we've had on, you know, on a lot of our shows, Dragon's Den especially. Um, but all the shows, talent is what makes the shows. Um, if you don't cast it right, you know, once that ship leaves the port, very hard to turn it around. So we've been very lucky and very blessed that the staff who cast that show, I don't do it personally, have uh, done the job really, really well. Did the young Larry Bass always want to do this, work in the TV industry? Not necessarily TV industry. Um, the young Larry Bass accidentally fell into pirate radio. Oh, right. Um, and age 13 I used to hang around the power radio station my brother was a DJ in it somebody had to answer the phones and um, one day some guy didn't turn up and I was 
Frog marched into the studio, sort of knew what to do. Um, I think my brother had a date, so he wanted to run away or something <laughs> like that. Um, and, and that, you know, one thing led to another. I started on air. Um, I met a couple of guys on air who actually did physical discos. I'd never even been to one. I wasn't really that um, music orientated. Um, and they asked me to go and help them. At the end of the night, I got paid. I got to get paid for this. And in a matter of weeks, um, we were doing more and more. And um, I realized there was, a, there was a whole business in this. We started approaching a lot of pubs and bars that had rooms not doing an awful lot. So we would do a deal to put in equipment and put it supply DJs and created that disco bar boom as well. So before I left school, I was running businesses by accident, really. Um, then I started working with bands and doing sound and managing tours and all of that. Got sick of living out of a suitcase. Um, came back to Ireland uh, when I was 28. Uh, decided to do a degree in film and broadcasting because it was related to the production experience I had. Um, I came out of college, set up a post-production company and very quickly realised that's not the area I want to sit in. So we set up Shinawil, myself and a guy called Simon Gibney, who I met in Klosterdulig, um, to do a documentary on a band called Aslan. And that was our very first production. Wow. And this week, we've been working with Christy Dignam. Um, Christy's about to bring out a new solo album. And I've been delighted to be uh, involved in trying to help Christy get that album out to the masses. You know, he's still one of our greatest talents and still a fantastic singer. He's had his issues the last yeah. while. And it'd be great for Christy to come out with something. So it's funny the way life Turns around. Oh, yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of our listeners w w would agree with you. If you are listening to us here, we're coming to you live in the hard shoulder from Hugo's Restaurant, a Marion Row in Dublin, as part of the launch of Ireland Gateway to Europe. And with me for the Thursday interview this week is Larry Bass, the CEO of Shinna Will. Uh, the fact that you were you were working and earning a crust before you even finished school. I mean, was that always the ambition? Were you were you a worker, a, a kind of someone with a strong work ethic? Yeah, I think that, and that came from my father, Paddy. Um, you know, we were a working class family. We certainly, you know, he worked hard for us. He drove a bread van five days a week. He fixed cars all over the weekend. And at nights on the weekend, he drove a taxi. And that's, that was my childhood. Like that three was jobs. Life. Yeah, and that's what he did. Mum was a stay-at-home mum, but unfortunately she passed away when I was 12. So I think that combination of, you know, dad working very hard, mum passing away early, we were very independent as uh, You probably did grow up quite quickly after your mum yeah, passed away. Yeah, and you just, and I, I think it's one of the things that you, you do when you have to grow up quickly is you make decisions. And I think one of the things that is key to being successful in business is having that courage to make a, uh, you know, a decision and get on with things. I'm, a, I'm a, an entrepreneur that doesn't have a rearview mirror. You know, I leave a trail of destruction and somebody <laughs> behind me has to clean it up and, and um, make some sense out of it. I'm more the ideas person and um, hopefully someone will actually work some of the time. And I think that's, you've got to have that mix. I've got some very detail-orientated people working with me. That's not me. Um, and I think getting that balance right is key to business. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was just, you know, uh, reading a little bit about you over the last couple of days in advance because I knew we were going to be speaking. And you come back to that quite a bit about the importance of the right people and the right roles in any business. Always hire people better than you. Always hire people who are going to make you look good. 
Um, you know, and that's, I think it's, you know, it's the same when I said about casting. You've got to get it right. You've got to get your team right. You've got to keep that team working really well. It's, you know, uh, I love sport and I've been involved very heavily in sport. And, f- and to me, it's, it's not rocket science. Any team can walk out on a football pitch and beat any team. They just have to have the right attitude. Most teams lose it before they leave the dressing room. And life is about attitude, business is about attitude, and if you don't have that, you know, never-can-die spirit or can-do attitude, don't do it. You know, and there are some people who have that in, in abundance, but you need to complement them with people who, you know, um, do all of the other things required. So teamwork and, and getting the right people on the bus going the right direction is, is critical and key. And that never-say-die attitude, I assume that, that leads people, certainly starting out, to take risks. You took a fairly big risk with the house, is that right, when you started Shinowell? Yeah, and like probably naive. Um, <gasps> we had no choice. You know, it was one of those things where I actually, you know, when I took a license on a format, I didn't even know what a format was. Um, but I, I knew that that show would work. I just had that gut instinct that that show would work, so we had to get it. And for me, it wasn't a risk. I felt it was a slam dunk. Obviously, if it had gone wrong, it would have been a risk. But sometimes you do things in, in early parts of business which... You, you leverage the family home. Yeah. <laughs> and if I was let, I'd leverage it again, but I'm not let anymore. <laughs> what was the show? Pop stars. That was pop stars at yeah. the time, which of course was a huge, huge success. Yeah. Um, that risk, that uh, I suppose, that uh, attitude to risk and and the willingness to take risk. Do you still have that? Does that does that fade over time? You know, sometimes people say that, like with success, when there's maybe when there's something there to lose, it becomes a bit harder to risk it. You know, um, I think it's it's better like having an attitude to money. Some people have. Uh, too big a priority of what money is um, and for me it's you know money's just an item uh, it's not actually that important um, and it's usually a means but there's other means you know when we did The Apprentice um, Ben Frau who's the commissioner who now runs Channel 4 on Viacom in Europe we pitched him the show and he, he said look I love that show but only if it's good as the BBC and I said, well, we don't want to do it unless it's good, if not better. He said, well, we can't afford that on our budgets. And I said, I didn't ask you, can you afford it? Do you want it? If you want it, affording it is a wholly different uh, proposition. And we came up with a different way of funding it. It had never been done before. We introduced product placement the first time in Ireland. We had fantastic uh, sponsors and partners on the show. We had 27 different funders. So there's always a way. And sometimes... You've got to look at risk in a, in, a, in a different way. How do you climb a mountain? You know, it's very risky if you just try and run and jump and expect it to happen. And it's one foot at a time. And, you know, risk needs to be broken down, and then it goes away. Do we encourage, as a society, do we encourage risk enough no. when it comes to business here? No. I don't think we have a high enough value on entrepreneurship, on, on leadership. I think um, we need more leading and, you know, it's funny, there's a, a by-election on um, right now in this constituency, um, and it's funny how little we value leadership. Um, and for me, we need strong leadership. Um, it, it's, 
it's very easy to have people looking at social media and you know people wondering how many people are following or how many people are liking you know you know having followers is one thing being a leader is something completely different and um, I we, we, we I'm need sorry to, to cut across because we, 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 we are talking about the United States in the context of this gateway to Europe and often the narrative is that they're much more forgiving of failure than yes. we are here yeah you know and I think um, they're probably and I've failed I've you know I've started businesses that haven't worked um, we've tried to make shows that haven't worked um, thankfully nobody has shot me and I think that's Not one yet. of the lessons. Um, you know, but you've got to have... If you, don't, if you don't fail, if you don't make a mistake, you're never going to learn. Um, you know, some of the most successful tech entrepreneurs will tell you as well that they will have probably had many failures along the way of creating some new technology. But the one thing they'll do in technology is fail fast. You know, and um, it's, it can be a badge of honour. And I think in business, we need to change the mood music in that if somebody does fail, that they're not uh, uh, to be locked up and forgotten about. At least they've learned from it and they will never do the same mistake again. Well listen, as you said listen, failure can be a good thing. I don't think you want to experience it in terms of the new talent show or all of this work you say is available in the United States that you're going to be working towards and we wish you the absolute best of luck with both endeavours. Larry Bass, my absolute pleasure uh, this week, my guest for the Thursday interview, the TV producer and the CEO of Shinwill. That is our lot for today's edition of The Hard Shoulder that is coming to you live from Hugo's Restaurant on Merrion Row in Dublin for the launch of Ireland Gateway to Europe. Off the ball, they're up next and I'll be back tomorrow.